0: And we are live
1: Uh, chapter
0: thirty-four. Yes, chapter thirty four. And this is a very, very intense chapter. Okay? Yes it is. We've had a lot of intense chapters. These last, a lot of building up momentum. And Justin, if you don't mind, I would love to do the honors. Do it. Chapter 34, verse one. Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, who she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. When Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her. He took her and lay with her and raped her. But he was deeply attracted to Dina, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor, saying, Get me this young woman as a wife. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled his daughter Dina. But his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob said nothing until they came in. Then Hamor the father of Shechem went out to Jacob to speak with him. Now the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard about it. And the men were grieved. And they were very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing ought not to be done. Yeah,
1: I think this chapter uh, starts off with some, just, it gets right into some terrible things. So, um, starting off, it's unclear to me if it was a good idea for Dinah um, to be out socializing with the Canaanites. That doesn't mean that she... Has any blame in what happened? It just means that, like, sometimes you wonder, like, it because um, they were trying to stay separated from the peoples, um, and so it might have been a dangerous thing to go out, but either way, uh, she's not at fault for what happened. But
0: Dinah was going to, it looks like going to hang out with the daughters of the land in verse one, so it sounds like she was trying to hang out with her girlfriends that were in the city. But however, these people were not part of the really, co- the covenant people, the promised right, so people. She,
1: right. So what I'm saying is based on what I see, I don't know that um, it was a good idea to go make friends with the with the Canaanites, um, based on what, what I read. So fair enough. You know, fair enough. Just because they were trying to stay separated from them and they didn't want to have that influence. So but so Shechem supposedly loved her, he claims, um, but he, he raped her, so that doesn't make any sense. But this is a terrible incident for obvious reasons, but also in, in the Old Testament times, um, this would have most likely pre- present, prevented her from getting married um, after an event like this would uh, occur to, to someone else. And so uh, her brothers were extremely angry about what happened. <clears throat> I assume Jacob was. I, I just. I, I'm not sure how to clearly interpret Jacob's actions. Obviously, after something terrible happens, it is good. There, there can be a benefit to taking a moment to process the information and not just um, <clears throat> retaliating. And so, I don't know if that's what Jacob was doing. Um, but, it, you know. I don't know if it was odd that he kept quiet then until his sons got home. I'm not sure how to interpret his response, but the son, the, um, the brother's response seems maybe more normal or more understandable. Um, So also like, I don't know if he's more passive because it was Leah's daughter, um, you know, and Leah wasn't one of the favorite wife or the, the favorite wife. And so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure um what exactly because we're, we have very limited res- it just says that he who stayed quiet so i don't know
0: well and it specifically says here that the men were grieved and it's hard to say if that that men that word men references both jacob and the sons of jacob
1: mm-hmm. My- which i'm sure that jacob was aggrieved as well i'm sure he was
0: yeah, I'm sure that was upsetting, um, but we don't see a whole lot of emotion. In verse 7, now the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard about it, and the men were grieved, and they were ang- very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing ought not to be done. To me, the men, the, the, the first part of that verse specifically, the subject of that is the sons of Jacob, and then it says the men. And so if that doesn't include Jacob, and that only includes the sons of Jacob, then clearly there's some challenges here because it, this this chapter talks about the, the grieveness, the sadness of the sons of Jacob and not so much Jacob himself. Like I said, the men could be referencing Jacob as well. However, there seems to be more of an emphasis on what the sons are doing and maybe less of an emphasis on what Jacob's... Actually doing here and or feeling potentially so I would also just uh, point out here that um, Based upon the commentaries that I read while studying for this chapter Dinah seems to be somewhere between the age of 13 and 16 based upon their Analysis of the situation. So it seems to be like this was a, a young young woman which seems reasonable to believe that here and uh, a teenager for that matter. So we're talking somewhere between maybe 13 and 16 girl getting raped. That's plenty of reason to be, I think, upset uh, and unhappy about what has just happened and feeling very grieved and sad for someone within your family to have experienced something like this, especially when you add the fact that Justin specifically mentioned That your virginity was extremely prized during this time and not having your virginity could be an extremely challenging thing to get married after, after that happens. So we're not talking about just one moment. We're talking about a moment that can literally affect the rest of your entire life through no fault of your own. You know maybe she was hanging around in the, the wrong crowd or whatever but nonetheless right she didn't ask to be raped you know so that's totally totally uncalled for so this is a really 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 big deal uh basically through the through the lust and the greed and the selfishness of one man you basically have a woman whose entire life is upended now i wouldn't say her entire life is ruined because I don't care who you are and what's happened to you. God can redeem whatever situation you're in. And make it amazing. Make it absolutely incredible. But this is, this is an extremely big deal. Totally unjustified. Totally horrible. And so understanding the anger of these sons is very understandable. I would also like to mention in verse 7 we see the first reference of the nation of Israel. And so if we remember what Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to, Jacob ultimately wrestled a physical manifestation of God. And that physical manifestation of God renamed Jacob and gave him the new name Israel. So if you hear Israel or the Israelites, you know you're hearing about a group of people who are named after Jacob's new God-given name. And this is the first reference to that. And this was God's people. And so doing this to God's people, well this while this would be bad to do to anybody, but basically there's a reference here specifically that hey, this was this was a disgraceful thing in Israel. So a lot going on here. Uh Anything else, Justin?
1: Nope. Verse 8. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage, and intermarry with us. Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves, so you will live with us, and the land shall be open to you. Live and trade in it, and acquire property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, Let me find favor in your sight, and I will give whatever you tell me. Demand of me ever so much bride payment and gift, and I will give whatever you tell me. But give me the girl in marriage.
0: So now we see Shechem's father, Hamor, which is the exact same guy who Jacob slash Israel. (laughs) All right, we're talking about Jacob and Israel, the same person. Okay, but we're referencing Jacob quite a bit in here. And so the name Jacob is ultimately used in this in this particular chapter. That's why I'm referencing Jacob. But the same guy who Jacob bought the land from outside of the city to build the altar, that same guy, his son is the one who ultimately raped Jacob's daughter, Dina or Dinah. These guys are big a big deal in the town. So, uh, I was I wasn't sure if he was a king or not, but either way, these guys are a big deal. And so what does he say here in verse 8, "The son of my the, the soul of my son Shechem belongs to your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage." He's not just asking for Dinah's hand in marriage for her for his son. He's also asking for a co-mingling and co-union between the people of Israel, Jacob's family, and the people of Shechem, which just so happens to be the same name that his son has. So uh, this, is, this is more than just a, a one-off marriage. This is, he's asking for much, something much, much bigger here. Which is a really, really, really big deal. Really, really. I mean, you're intermarrying with a family of someone who raped your daughter. Now, I think there can be sometimes one-offs, right? Like there can be someone within a family that makes mistakes. I think that happens in everyone's family, right? I mean, that's not unusual. But we know from other passages that this, the people, the Canaanites, the people of the land, weren't exactly the most wholesome, wonderful people to... Inter- intermarry with what do you say to that justin
1: good call so um obviously Hamar the father hamor the father shechem uh, approached jacob with the jacob and um, jacob's sons with the marriage negotiation and explained the economic benefits of the marriage and so um like you had already talked about intermarrying with the canaanites was against what god wanted for the israelites and also, the Canaanites seem to have their own agenda. Like later on in this chapter, uh, when the um, when Hamor, Hamor and Shechem are trying to are suggesting that they all get uh, circumcised because of the request, we see that they talk about, hey, if they you know we intermarry with them, we'll get their stuff. And so, I think the, the Canaanites have an agenda. And just throughout history, we know that they had a lot of immoral practices. So. Um, But Shechem offered to pay whatever bride price Jacob's family wanted uh, because he claimed he really wanted to marry Dinah.
0: Yeah. And something that you also notice here is the brothers are involved. Shechem and Hamar are not just talking to the father, but they seem to also be discussing all this with the brothers as well. And based upon my reading, it was customary at the time. To not only involve the father, but the brothers in these types of conversations. Verse 13. But Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father Hamor with deceit. Because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, we cannot do this thing. That is, give our sister to a man who is uncircumcised. For that would be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we consent to you. If you will become like us and that every male of you will be circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters for ourselves and we will live with you and become one people. But if you do not listen to us to be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and go.
1: Yeah, so here, um, pretty self-explanatory. So uh, Dinah's brothers, so so Jacob's uh, sons, they, they don't they don't want this marriage to happen. They're they're against it, but they deceptively made a false negotiation with Shechem and the Hivites that if they just got circumcised then they would allow it. Then they would give uh, Dinah in marriage and they would, they would intermarry with the, the people there.
0: Absolutely. Verse 13 specifically says, but Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father, Hamor with deceit. That's interesting. Where do you think they got that practice from?
1: Who knows? Not, <laughs> not definitely not Jacob the Deceiver.
0: Definitely not Jacob the Deceiver. So uh, definitely interesting to see a son's taking on the sins of their father. I think that happens quite often, and something to be very cautious and aware of. If you notice some attributes that you have that are similar to that of those within your family, you should, or or. Maybe you don't even notice those in yourself, but maybe you notice it in them. You should probably turn around, go to the nearest bathroom, look in the mirror and be like, do I have these exact same attributes? Maybe you do. Maybe you're just blind to them. My guess is you might have some sneaky attributes that you're not aware of. Anyways, verse 18. Good
1: call. Lay it on them, Henry. (laughs) Bring the brimstone, baby. (laughs) All right, verse 18. Now their words seemed reasonable to Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. The young man did not delay to do this because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was more respected than all the household of his father. So Hamor and his son Shechem came to the gate of their city and spoke to the people of their city, saying, These men are friendly to us. Therefore, let them live in the land and trade in it. For behold, the land is large enough for them. We will take their daughters in marriage, and we will give, them, give our daughters to them. Only on this condition will the men consent to live with us, to become one people, that every male among us be circumcised, just as they are circumcised. Will their livestock and their property and all their animals not be ours? Let's just consent to them, and they will live with us. All who went out of the gate of this, his city listened to Hamor and to his son Shechem. And every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city.
0: So, one thing to note here is that it seems that Hamor and Shechem have agreed to everybody in the city being circumcised. They've agreed to this. They're the leaders of the town, they have a big voice, and they convince all the men to agree to the circumcision so that they could intermarry and the sons could ultimately marry their daughters. And so that seems to be the the big plus here, the big bonus, right? It's like, why would you get circumcised if you didn't have to? And the rationale here is both an economic and a relational intermarrying benefit. It's one thing to note here though, the, Requirement was not to Remove all the idols of the city To only worship the one true God of the Bible It wasn't any of that There was one condition Go get circumcised And Obviously The physical act of circumcision I mean It's something that The Israelites did in the Old Testament In order to be faithful To what God asked them to do However, if you do circumcision for the wrong reason, or for no reason at all, it really doesn't mean anything. So, um, and intermarrying with a bunch of circumcised dudes that all worship pagan idols and that all, you know, who knows what they all did, but maybe maybe aren't following the same ethical standard in which the Israelites were supposed to. Follow. That doesn't mean they were clearly. There's many mistakes that they make here, but it's just it's it's kind of it's it's pretty similar to um, when people say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around or the three people you spend most time around. You don't want those people that you're spending a lot of time around to be worshiping pagan idols, and for those to be your absolute closest confidants when you are trying to live this life over here because the reality of the situation is it's a lot easier to pull tear someone down than it is to build someone up. And so this is, uh, definitely, uh, ill-advised. Um, now as we read earlier, though, this is all deceit to begin with. It seems the sons have no interest whatsoever, really intermarrying with, uh, having the daughters intermarry with the sons of Shechem, there's no interest to that to begin with. And so this is all deceit. This is all a, a facade and definitely not the right thing to do. But their intention of not intermarrying with this city is the correct action. Okay, that is the correct action. The way they go about it, Doesn't seem to me to be the correct action, and I'll talk about that at the end. Um, But, anyways, Justin.
1: Yeah, so just one of the things we see here um, you know, the gate of the city was where uh, normal was a normal place of public gathering where officials uh, would make political decisions. So um, that's what we see here. And then the uh, Hamor and Shechem convinced everyone to follow through with it. So all the males of the town ended up getting circumcised um, for the reasons that they uh, suggested to them.
0: Awesome. Anything else before we go to 25?
1: (laughs) Yep. Nope. Nothing else. I'm good.
0: Verse 25. Now it came about on the third day when they were in pain, that two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers Each took his sword and came upon the city undetected and killed every male. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. Jacob's sons came upon these killed and looted the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks, their herds, and their donkeys, and that which was in the city, and that which was in the field. And they captured and looted all their wealth, and all their little ones, and their wives, even everything that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me repulsive among the inhabitants of the land. Among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since my men are few in number, they will band together against me and attack me. And I will be destroyed, I and my household. But they said, Should he treat our sister like a prostitute?
1: Yep. So we see here that Jacob's sons end up killing all the males in town um, while the males were weak and recovering from the circumcision. And then they just took everything. Um, So we see here, though, that Dinah was still in Shechem's house, which obviously made the situation more complicated. Uh, Simeon and Levi later on, though, uh, we read in, in chapter 49 that they were passed over. Um, for a blessing because of, of the actions that we just discussed in this chapter. And so there is some tension here because later God instructed the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy to do this. Obviously, God had not instructed them to do this here. So this was a negative thing. This was wrong. What Everything that Simeon and Levi did, um, Jacob was angry about this because it would bring danger on the whole family. Uh, because if there was a, a retaliation, uh, you know the the Canaanites outnumbered Jacob and and his family. So I have to say, though, I wrestled with this chapter. When we look at, um, I want to read parts of Deuteronomy 22 really quick in in reference to rape. So the section Deuteronomy 22. Uh, Verses 13 through 30 uh, address this topic in a uh, somewhat broad range, and I want to say – yeah, so what what verses I believe applies here is Deuteronomy 22, 25, verses 25 and 26. But if the man finds the girl who is betrothed in the field and the man seizes her and rapes her, then only the man who raped her shall die. And you shall not do anything to the girl. There is no sin in the girl worthy of death. For just as a man rises against his neighbor and murders him, so is this case. So we, this is the Mosaic law that came later. But this is God's moral law that, that he gave. And so based on this, I believe that Shechem did deserve to die for, for raping Dinah. But that's the role of government to execute punishment, not individual citizens. Individual citizens don't have the right to decide who lives or dies. And um, in the New Testament, we see Romans 13 uh, talks about that. And so this situation was very unique, though, because uh, the government, which it appeared that Hamor and Shechem played some high role in, would not have sought justice for a foreign woman who got raped. Um, So that's very difficult. It it, makes you question what what was the appropriate response. But not just that. We see later on, we saw in this last section, we just read that Dinah was being, it, it appears to me, Dinah was being held at Shechem's house. So this is difficult in this situation. How do you get your sister out of this house? Um, the idea is, if you show up and say, "Hey, we're not going to marry, we're not going to let her marry you," you're you're holding her at your house. We're taking her and we're leaving. I don't know how that's supposed to go down. Um, and so it, it's it's I, like I said, I have a lot of tension in this chapter. There seems like some maybe rescuing their sister would have was inevitably going to end up in violence. Um, and so I, I don't know. I don't know. It's very difficult. Obviously the idea that uh, they went and just killed all the guys, stole everything, all that kind of stuff. That was um, you know, that, that, that was murder um, that, you know, later on if in, in the, in the Mosaic law, it says don't murder. So this is is very difficult. I don't know how would have been the best way to get their sister out of this situation. So there's a lot of tension in this chapter for me. It's difficult.
0: One of the things that um, I think you, I think we find missing from this chapter is a moment in which you see Jacob and or the sons of Jacob coming to God praying to God, asking for guidance, this entire chapter is devoid of the mention of God, which we should be very cognizant of and very reflective on, because I think they should have, right? Now... Maybe they did, and it's just not mentioned in the chapter. But there's plenty of other chapters in which God is mentioned. Jacob goes to God, Abraham goes to God, et cetera, et cetera. Right? You you see that in other chapters. So um, I would have liked to see that here before people got let people got angry and let their emotions get the best of them before coming to God before they ultimately. Made this decision A couple other things to point out That I think are fascinating We see that Simeon and Levi Dina's brothers Are the ones who Took their swords And went and killed everybody Well, Who are Simeon and Levi They are The sons Of Leah And so is Dinah Dinah is also a daughter of Leah. And so these were, their, their not half brothers, half sisters, but these are full blood brothers, blood sisters. And obviously there's, there's going to be a closer connection there, right? If you share the same mom and the same dad, you're going to have more of a connection as opposed to some of the other sons who had the same father but different mothers. Okay. Now there were sons of Leah that didn't go and kill all these men, which seems to show that not all the sons maybe felt the same way about taking this action and doing this. It's also worth noting that while only Simeon and Levi killed all these men, the men of the city, it says in verse 27 that Jacob's sons came upon those killed and looted the city. So it seems that more sons, perhaps all of this, all of Jacob's sons participated in the looting component of this, which is also not good. you know, this this chapter does seem to leave out a ton of action from Jacob, except a bunch of complaining at the end. And so why is that the case? Is it potentially, you know, if, th- if this would have been one of Rachel's daughters, would he have felt differently? Remember, there's favoritism in this family. Jacob is clearly ranked the, his favoritism of his wives and his children, which we learned about in the last chapter by, you know, how, what order he put everybody in. And so is it possible that maybe Jacob was, would have been more, taken more action if it would have been one of Rachel's daughters? Who's to say, it's hard to say that, but something to note there. The sons seem to, um, you know, they use an interesting phrase here as well. Uh, they specifically say in verse 31, but they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? He, they don't say, should he treat your daughter like a prostitute? I don't know if I want to get finicky with words here, you know, I mean, that could have meant one thing or another, but it does seem fascinating that they're taking more, uh, they're taking that clear ownership of the relationship between them and her, as opposed to pointing out to their father that, hey, this is your daughter, right? Like, come on now. So last thing to point out before we go to kind of wrapping up the chapter, verse 30, then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me repulsive among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since my men are few in number, they will band together against me and attack me and I will be destroyed. I and my household. So... Definitely something to be worried about. Okay. No question about it. You don't want the people of the land now coming and taking retaliation for what you did. However, Jacob seems to be more upset with the consequences of their actions as opposed to their actions, AKA deception. Murder, massacre. I mean, he doesn't, he, he, he seems more upset with the consequences than, than so much the action. So, definitely something to point out there.
1: Yeah. So, for me, the, the closing application is that vengeance is not the answer um, when someone commits an offense against us. As believers today, we should be very concerned with preserving our testimony instead of just acting out of anger uh, whenever we get upset about something. We should be wise to avoid situations where we can get victimized, but should also use discernment and how we respond to something we don't like. So obviously, when an illegal activity occurs, we should go through the proper channels of the established government in order to see justice done. But whenever It is a relational offense that does not involve a broken law. We should strive to think through the situation biblically and consider how we can best deal with the situation in order that God might be glorified through it.
0: Absolutely. You know, definitely a lot of closing thoughts that I have on this one, um, starting with rape, starting with the fact that rape took place. You know, someone who doesn't have the self-control to not rape somebody is clearly lacking self-control. Okay, They are living by impulse, and this one is specifically related to sex. It's a sexual impulse. I think we should all be guarding against living out sexual impulses. We should build up a habit and control to not... Fall into sexual temptation and that ultimately be lived out. The consequences are absolutely tremendous. Especially, I mean, and this is clearly noted in this chapter. This man, because he had not built up a sexual contr- control over his own sexual impulses, ultimately raped somebody, made the family of that rape victim extremely upset. And his entire male population of his city were killed. Not to mention made the murder made murderers of Jacob's sons. So and this starts really with your mind, right? I mean, whenever you have a sexual impulse fellas out there, we should immediately shut that down. Don't fulfill that sexual impulse with acting it out physically with a girlfriend or whoever. I mean, the only sexual impulse that should be acted out on is really a situation in which you're married, okay? You shouldn't be going to pornography. You shouldn't be going to some type of physical relationship, an inappropriate relationship with a girl, whatever it is may be. That way you can build up some some of that self-control. And so whenever there's a situation that you don't want to engage in, you're going to have more of a defense against that than if you're regularly falling into it. It's called struggling for a reason. Okay, You're not struggling with sexual sin if you just lay over and admit defeat at the first sign of Temptation. Okay. That's not struggling. Okay. That's giving up immediately. That's waving the white flag. Struggling should be like fighting it. Strive21.com. Strive21.com for all the bros out there that are struggling with sexual sin. Strive21.com. Totally legit. Amazing. Definitely subscribe check it out i'm subscribed i've checked it out it's awesome totally recommend that uh it's really focused on um trying to find the right word here it's
1: i I, I think it's focused on eliminating that sin out of your life right like it's focused on eliminating that sin through, through through dealing with it i guess in a psychological sense or whatever
0: yeah yeah, and there's there's a Christian you know there's a there's a Christian component to it as well, um, and they call it a 21 detox from porn, and so um, I think that's a hugely devastating epidemic in the world today. Definitely check this
1: Even out. Even bigger than the Rona.
0: Even bigger than the Rona. Strive21.com. Strive to. Yes, we have an affiliate code. (laughs) Just kidding. We don't, uh, no affiliate code guys. Just drive 21.com. We'll put the link in the description box. So that's number one. Sorry, this is going to be a bit of a rant. Justin, feel free to jump in at any point. Okay. If you got something to say, number two, we see here that deception, this, this idea of deceiving and deception, this first initial sin ultimately leads to, leads to murder. So we got deception number one in which these sons of Jacobs follow in their father's footsteps and deceive these people. And then because they ultimately got circumcised, the men of Shechem, the sons of Jacobs had the opportunity to go in and kill all these men who were ultimately healing from their recent surgery. So if the deception never took place, would murder have followed? It's hard to say, it's hard to say for sure, but that's kind of the first, the first uh, rock to tumble there and others followed. Jacobs moved move to Shechem to begin with. Getting really close to a group of people that we know from the Bible, we're not living according to the way God would have them live. So what's going to happen? This is going to happen. Anyone who's hanging out with somebody who delights in sin and is enjoying doing immoral things, guess what? You're only setting yourself up for challenges. So don't go blaming God whenever something bad happens. You know, the reality is you know, things are bound to bad to happen. And so really, whose fault is this, right? Whose fault is it? I don't blame Dinah, okay? She, you know, she doesn't, she's not the one that decided to move there and get close to this. She's a 13 year old, some teenager, okay? Young girl, hasn't, doesn't have many years behind her, doesn't really know who ultimately moved the entire family right here, you know? I mean, God didn't tell, tell Jacob to move to this one particular area this entire area, north south, east west, he didn't have to live right outside let it right outside this right outside this city. Simeon and Levi, you know, yes, they did this horrible thing, but I think it all starts from the top. The leader of the family is the one who ultimately is the responsible one. I think Jacob was absolutely definitely responsible for everything that happens here and finally i think the biggest problem in all this is the lack of god involved in all this okay and what do i mean by that i don't mean god 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 wasn't aware of all this happening but the fact that the people jacob and his sons didn't seem to be consulting god didn't seem to be you know praying and, and wondering what's going to happen next or at least it's not mentioned in the bible maybe they were you know maybe 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 they were but I doubt the, whenever you're in regular prayer, I doubt the first thing that comes to your mind is, hmm, maybe God is calling me to deceive these people by having them circumcise themselves and then me go kill them. If you get that from, you know, your prayer life, um, then you might want to second guess yourself. I'm not saying there's not times in which the Israelites did engage in activities specifically to remove evil people from a place. I'm not saying that never, never happened, but it just seems that there's a huge lack of God mentioned in this chapter. And that to me is very concerning, especially with everything that just happens. Your first reaction to grief and of challenging your life shouldn't, shouldn't Result in this behavior, it should first result in turning to God and then taking action afterwards. Anyways, rant complete. No buffering bar, 100% all the way across complete.
1: You nailed it.
0: Anyways, guys, this is an awesome chapter to learn from. It's not totally not awesome. What happened here, but super awesome. So thankful that this chapter is in the Bible so that we can actually use what we learn here in our daily lives. That's one of the biggest points of reading the Bible, right? It should change your life. You should be looking at these people and being like, hmm, how can I not make that mistake? Or how can I be more like that? Right? Or how I can serve God more. That's, those should be the things that are starting to pop up in your mind. Do you want to be more like the sons of Jacob? Or do you want to be more like who Jacob was in one brief moment, <laughs> Israel, previously in the chapters? That's a question you should ask yourself. Thank you so much for joining today. Hope everyone has a blessed day. And we will see you in 35. See ya. See you.